dementia researcher with a blog and a rating. Digital phenotyping in dementia and neurology. We have questions. Digital interactions could be useful for tracking health states, especially for brain disorders. The problem is that this kind of data may be harder to protect and less controlled by ourselves. People with dementia and other cognitive and behavioral problems are vulnerable to data insecurity. In this blog, I describe what is digital phenotyping, the good and the bad aspects of using it, and some future perspectives behind ethical and methodological difficulties. Healthcare professionals and non-clinical researchers need to talk more about that. Big data, artificial intelligence, blockchains, machine learning, all these definitions related to the digital world gained momentum, fortunately or not, in the last few years. This occurred especially after the rapid new needs of COVID-19 pandemic. Direct social contact and communication was more difficult from 2020 to 2022, and we needed more from the online digital tools to solve the problems for our dementia patients. Now, we rely more on video calls, telemedicine, and buy much more things on online shopping. There are really here to stay, and I can't see things turning back. And you, what do you think? The hurdle they bring to us is that our privacy, an important human right, is always being put in proof in online services. In the UK, for example, news point out that easy uh, in digital privacy laws are actively being discussed again, questioning individuals' controls over their data. There is much interest in studying these interactions, trying to build a so-called digital phenotype. But do the research regulation and informed consent is enough for approved research and for business use cases? What is really digital phenotyping? How strict should these regulations be in any case? Are people suffering from cognitive problems in dementia addressed and protected? We have some questions, but not many answers. In the next sections, I will describe what is digital phenotyping, the good and ba the bad aspects of using this kind of approach for dementia and the health, mental health problems, and some future perspectives considering the ethical and methodological characteristics behind that. What is digital phenotyping? We know, or can imagine, that uh, we have some kind of digital fingerprints everywhere. That smartwatch your mom gave you, your nice mobile to connect to the 4G or 5G internet, that online chatting you share with your grandpa, and the complaint form you feel online to return a delivery good. As a broad definition, the digital phenotype refers to all the moment-by-moment -moment quantification characteristics of individual-level human phenotype using data from personal digital devices. The promise of digital phenotyping is that those objective measures happen in a context of a patient's lived experience, reflecting how we function in the world, not in our clinics. This type of data collection may converge with neuroprosthetics and other types of biological data, but is believed to have a better ecological validity. The information is taken while we are performing daily tasks, 
beyond a lab-controlled environment. The real goods. This type of data is useful in diseases that alter not an easily identifiable cause, but rather the whole human function. This is really the case for various neurological or neuropsychiatry diseases, such as dementia, schizophrenia, or depression. The applications for brain diseases and mental health are real. As for dementia, uh, a problem that alters cognitive functioning and daily living, this application and derived techniques may be important in various aspects of disease diagnostics, tracking, and even treatments monitoring. Research has already shown that uh, digital technologies could be used to track mood in depression, for example, and uh, efforts in dementia research are really underway. This type of method could provide a non-invasive non brain and general health, cognitive and behavioral evaluation data. This may have real-world implications in digital trials and rehabilitation. This approach is especially important for the wide spectrum of disease characterized by functional limitations, says an article published in 2015, one of the first to characterize this term. Digital phenotyping has new data generated continuously to reflect change patterns of behavior. As an example, we can trace a parallel between these and genetics data, for example. Difference, differences between techniques in patients with genotyping and digital phenotyping are shown in the table below. The table is about how these aspects differentiating, trying to trace this parallel between genetic versus digital phenotyping characteristics. For example, within genotyping data, we have a single dataset collected once and the data is like unchangeable or immutable. In digital phenotyping data, uh, the databases are complex, multi-layered, and there are lots of model datasets. The collection is always ongoing, and the database is like changeable or mutable, mutable sometimes. The ugly deaths. On the other hand, concerns about the data protection are not anecdotal. Uh, the numbers don't lie here. A recent survey found that 62% of the companies in the whole Americas experienced a data breach in, in, or a cyber incident in 2021. In the same year, Brazil experienced, for example, a data leakage with more users compromised than its entire population. In the UK, understandable concerns have been directed to patients' information systems within the NHS. All these human interactions with technology could be under bad surveillance, and uh, nothing more precious than our behaviors, our cognitive skills, and body abilities. All these can be tracked. They can be potentially used not in our favor. Uh, an author in 2021 gives an example of third-party companies using healthcare data shared under business associates agreements, and uh, in the text they also affirm. Several complex issues must first be resolved, such as who owns, controls, and can use personal data to derive wider insights. The formats 
and the standards that should underpin how these data are shared and how the range of potential uses uh, of personal data are explained to the patients and justified to all data subjects. The text is called Digital Phenotyping and Sensitive Health Data, Implications for Data Governance. So, with that in mind, and knowing about vulnerabilities that dementia and mental health patients suffer, we must ask, are we really care about their data? Do we really care? Should we be discussing uh, some specific measures for them to be protected? The concern here is directed towards the fact that even cognitive learning-impaired people have difficulties in taking these actions. People with cognitive and behavioral problems may also have difficulties to understand and comply all that concerned forms. Digital literacy or proficiency is also not equal among different people, uh, and it's worse for older individuals and low-resource situations and could add another layer of complexity here. The untamed future. Although uh, public entities and the central government hold a lot of our data, our day-to-day -day interactions are somewhat not in their power, but usually stored and managed by tech companies. Their responsibility is very big. The, con the question that comes to mind is that if this data privacy is really a collective human right and could bring benefits to all of us, how are the current efforts to secure this de-identified database for public research beyond the company's walls? Should they uh, be used as a research collective good? How would this be implemented? Is this possible? Lots of questions, huh? I really believe a way better data handling balance is possible. And rules should be placed clearly. Well-built digital technologies could bring immeasurable, uh, immeasurable value for the communities, for the patients, the caregivers, and also for the research teams and private entities. The needs will eventually shape the technology adjustments Considering the fact we, as healthcare professionals, have a general positive view for digital technology solutions for our dementia patients. We should participate more in the technology development process for healthcare. Some nice efforts and calls for action are in place. It is already possible to find statements and consensus about using digital phenotyping for mental health in the medical literature. The table 2 here shows some findings of a research group for the Center for Biomedical Ethics and Stanford Law School of the Stanford University in the US. The table title is Consensus Statements on Ethics of Mental Health Applications of Digital Phenotyping. It contains six sections and a list of statements that should be incorporated during the technology development. It contains sections about evidence of validity for intended use, about transparency, how to be accountable, how to take consent, how data security and privacy should be assessed, and about fairness on data usage. In conclusion, more than health personnel 
interdisciplinary researchers uh, are studying this and all the social and ethical implications involved. Interdisciplinarity may also play an important aid here to solve the puzzle. Legislators should be approached and acknowledged about the situation. We, as healthcare providers in mental health and academics involved in research and education, should educate more and talk more about that. We are not alone and we will need help to solve this problem. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.